Hey, super excited for this episode of Talking Church. Want to let you know we had some audio distortion in just a few moments, probably less than 30 seconds total. But throughout the podcast, we switch from the audio from the microphones to the audio from the camera. Wanted you to know that it's not your phone. It's not your headphones. It's not your car's fault. It is not you. It's us. So let's dive into this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Well, we are back for a another episode of Talking Church. Excited to do this again. Yeah. And we've we've had a busy summer already. A lot has happened. We had conference happen. Um, the last couple episodes we released were from Pastor Chris Hodges and Dr. Barnabas and were great episodes, but we're we're back. We're in full swing. Um, at the time of recording, we're yep. doing something called Seek Week. Um, I just got back from a near two-week vacation. Um, Italy. Several of our, I was, yeah, I was in Italy, Italy and Switzerland. It was amazing. Um, several of our staff is either on sabbatical or was on sabbatical. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. But you, you talked about a message at conference in June and you shared about... You can How go, fast can yeah. you go? How fast can you go? You can go as fast as you can bring your inheritance with you. Do you want to just give, for, for those who maybe weren't there, just give a super quick summary of what that message yeah, was about? Yeah, because people ask me all the time, how can you go so fast as a church? And I we do, we go fast. And uh, everybody's talking about going slow and John Mark Homer as, you know, what's his book? I haven't ruthless read it. Em- <laughs> ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It yeah. is a good book. It is a good book. And the people yeah. that need I would it- love to have him on the podcast. So, John, if you're listening. John, yeah. The people that need to read it don't, <laughs> and the people that don't need to read it do. Explain <laughs> so, that. Well, like the people that aren't going fast enough are like, see, this is why we shouldn't go fast. And the people that are going fast go, I don't like that book. I don't want to do that. I don't even want to read it. La, 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 la. That's yeah. me. I probably should read the book. And, uh, David Meyer just sent me a text the other day. He's like, you need to read this book. That's amazing. And I thought, no, somebody I trust and love told me to read the book, you know? So. <laughs> well, John, John Mark, he does run fast as well. He does a lot. He writes a lot. He speaks a lot. He does a lot of things, but I think, you know, the importance of that day of rest, but anyways, we'll get you to read it. Some I point. should write a book called just don't do the things that don't matter. That's it. Great. Don't do the things that don't matter. And then your life will declutter and you can run faster. You just do so much that you don't have time to do the things that don't matter. I wish I didn't have to sleep. Did you know I tried to eliminate <laughs> sleep? Yes, I remember that. I did. I actually tried to get down to where I eliminated sleep and I was getting my sleep shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. I was down to four hours and I was starting to try to get to three and a half hours a night. And I went to my doctor and he's like, stop, you're killing yourself. And I was like, no, I'm actually getting a ton done. And he's like, no, your body actually repairs during the night and you're not repairing. And so you have to, and I was like, and then I actually accepted sleep because it was like achievement oriented. I know that sounds dumb, but for me, sleep became achievement. Like, okay, I'm going to get seven hours of repair going up. But that's how I see it. You know, a lot of people just see it as like a reward. And I was like, it's repair. So anyways, but... Um, well, Elon Musk talks about that, how he's like, I tried to get less sleep, similar thing, but there was a certain threshold where it just, his mind wasn't working right. And so I think for, you know, there's very few people that, high achievers that can work on such a low amount of sleep, but it's not sustainable for most. And and they're also using other things, you know, IV hydration and, you know, there's oh, lots don't of... don't get me started on that. <laughs> there's lots of different hacks that people use and maybe we'll get into that. But, you know, on back to the message of you can go as fast yeah, yeah. as you bring. 
I get distracted. Do I, I ever get distracted? Yeah, all no, the time. No, never. A bazillion times. That's why I have to keep notes all the time. I have two things. I'll tell everybody this. Two things when I'm trying to, uh, when I get distracted and I want more in my head than I can say out of my mouth. And I'll type it into my phone and write a note to not riff, not forget it. Um, and then used other, to be you used to have note cards. Yeah, in your note pocket. cards. But now it's just the phone right in there. And then the other thing is I use sign language because I know just enough sign language. And then I'll think like, oh, I want to tell them about hydration. And so I'll do an H on my hand. I'll actually make the letter and I'll put it on my leg while I'm talking. And I'll keep talking about the point that I'm making. And then all of a sudden I'll look down, H, oh yeah, hydration. And it triggers back the thing I don't remember. And it allows me to keep talking, holding that thought here so I won't forget it and do that. So um, I keep forgetting even now, but it's <laughs> so going as message- fast as your inheritance. <laughs> the whole thing was how fast can you go? And I, this came to me, you can go as fast as you can take your inheritance with you. And I talked about Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. They could only go as fast as the women, the children, and the livestock. And they didn't want to leave it behind. And even Pharaoh was like, let your men go and worship. And he's like, no, let, let, okay, let your kids and your family go, but leave your animals here. No, we're bringing our full inheritance with us. And we're even taking some of your inheritance with us. But you have to go at a speed that allows you to bring your inheritance. Go at a speed in life that allows you, like your inheritance is your family. I mean, it's not the money. At, at, at your funeral, some, my funeral, you're not going to be there going, I wonder how much dad left me. I mean, that'll come like a day or two later. So, But I mean, you're going to be there saying, I love this man. He poured into me. He raised me. He loved me. Uh, this is our family. And your inheritance is like who's showing up at your funeral and who's going to carry on the legacy of what you believed and lived for. Bring that with you. I can't, like, I, I'm always shocked when people, like their kids hate them. Their family, they hate their family and they're super rich. But I'm like, you don't realize you have no inheritance. I'll never forget. This is totally, again, chasing a rabbit. But a guy once told me, he goes, you're the richest person I know. And this guy had like a Bentley and he had like waterfalls like shot over his car when he drove down his driveway, like like the Bellagio Fountain thing shot over his driveway. And he had like a indoor water slide in his house. And he said to me, you're the richest man I know. And I said, why? And he goes, your kids love you. They adore you. You tuck your kids in every night. He goes, I tuck my kids in on Thursdays and every other weekend. He goes, you're the richest man I know. I was like, wow, that's your inheritance. So that was the whole thing. Go as fast as you can go to bring your inheritance with you. What really matters in life. Yeah. And those who want to listen to the full message, it's on the network site so they can watch it there. Um, You know, you're in that vein you run as fast as maybe anyone in the world. I mean, maybe there's a few of your friends that you'd say compete with you. I see some of you, these people like Wahlberg. I saw his schedule. Yeah. Like he's up at 3 a.m. And then he like- Works out twice works before out. six. I think. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> and then it's like, this is, I mean, like that's another level. Yeah. But in in, in our circles, you're one. Of, you're known to be- someone who runs really, really fast, yeah, who does yeah. a lot, you travel. I mean, you'll go to typically in a year, you're going to many different countries, you know, dozens of states, playing golf on the way, you know, you yeah, walk. the year that COVID hit, I was supposed to go to 14 countries that year. In one year. In one year. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's not normal. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. But, but I like, why, why do you feel like, I mean, part of it is you enjoy it. I do. But... <laughs> 
I really do. It de- and my mind doesn't <laughs> shut off. And I'm always up for the adventure. And I'm wanting to drink every bit of it. And I'm like, what else is out there? What? I mean, I enjoy it. And it is how I'm wired. I, I realize that. Because even Becca, my wife, I mean, she is like, I'm not wired like you. And, you know, I, I should have known, like, when we first got married, she got up really early and opened up the bank at like 5.30 in the morning. So she had to go to bed early. And I was like, is it okay if I go out with a bunch of my friends? We're going to go, we're going to go, you know, play night golf. We're going to go do this. And she's like, sure, go ahead. You know, but I just, I, I enjoy it. I, and I don't get tired very often. Uh, and I get recharged really quick, mm-hmm. 10 minute nap. And all of a sudden I am wide awake again. So for, for a lot of people listening you know, there's maybe some that would say, I'm just like you, uh, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I would say that's not the majority. I right. say most people are not that way. Most people do get tired. Most people um, aren't go, go, go all the time. How have you learned to work with people who aren't maybe don't have quite as much energy as you? So maybe for people that are, are that way, that are frustrated by other people's, you know, that, why are they getting tired? Or the, the other side, people that would say, I don't like working with people who seem to never get tired right what, how have you learned I don't to get work mad with different i don't get mad at people like i know this sounds like mean but it's i don't get mad but i leave them behind you know it's like i'm just gonna go do that so i'm not mad at you i'm just gonna go do that and so uh, you know i don't get mad but i'm stay on the journey and and by the way there's other people that are like i think about i heard about rick warren like he's like i've, I've never hung out with him but i heard he's just like this and goes so fast so i don't get mad but all right, you're not on this adventure. We'll go do it. Um, I've also learned to just realize that everybody's not the same and it's okay. I just want people to give a fair return, a good return. Like I don't want, I I can't stand people that are looking for how little I can do. I want them to say, how much can I do and how smart can I work? And I don't get mad at people that delegate. And if you use your brain, like I'll never forget when Connor got his first job, our oldest son, Connor, and he went and he was at Little Caesars Pizza. And he goes, uh, he goes, dad, first day of work, he comes up, he goes, dad, I figured it out. There's people that use their body to make money and there's people that use their mind to make money. I'm going to use my mind to make money. <laughs> and I was like, what made you say that? He goes, I don't want to carry buckets of pizza sauce anymore. I was like, you know, he just was like, I'm figuring this out. I'm going to, you know, so I don't mind if people, and by the way, there are people that use their body to work that, that are strong and, and construct. I'm in awe of people with construction well, it, and all that. Actually, I mean, it's amazing. In, in that area, there's actually been studies recently that show people who work with their body have much, much stronger mental health. And so, you know, oh, I wouldn't their, doubt their it. bodies physically, they're, they're generally healthier, you know, some have injuries, yeah. but, but their mental health is so much stronger because they're seeing the fruits of their labor. They're working with their oh, hands. That's you why know, they I can remember, turn work off when they get home. Oh yeah. Remember I used to like to paint when I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I used to love to paint because I could see a finished room and I'd be like, aha, the room is done. Whereas in ministry, it's never done. Yeah. And so there was some therapy in being able to complete something. But anyway, I mean, um, yeah, it's, I don't even know where I'm going on this. I'm like so ADD. I I just think it's helpful. I think it's helpful to get inside your head a little bit. And for, you know, for me, I've, I've seen it and observed it my entire life, but for a lot of people, it's like, 
Is it true? How fast do you go? What What are the things you say yes to? How, you know, when you get a busy schedule, I think, I think if you asked and you surveyed pastors across the country, I don't know that anyone would respond and say, oh, I'm not busy. I think they would all say they're busy or full, whatever word they use. Mm-hmm. They're, they're working hard. I was talking to a pastor the other day. He's like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I have to do this for the church. Maybe they don't have a staff. So they're doing multiple different things. How have you learned to say yes and no to things, even good things that it's like, oh, could you do, you know, you used to do weddings all the time. Now you don't really do weddings. You right, used to, right. you know, obviously there's oh, delegation. Oh, I made all the but... mistakes that one summer I did 10 weddings and you guys were like, I hate weddings. And I'll think about it. I did six counseling sessions with each couple and the rehearsal and the wedding. And you guys were like, we hate weddings. And I was like, oh, we got to figure this out. And that necessitated then, I was like, hey, let's have marriage mentors. They can do all the pre-marriage counseling. I'll just do the one session for that. And then I won't make the kids go to the all the weddings. Mom can stay home with the kids and I'll officiate the wedding. It's mm-hmm. not like our family's the key to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like they just need somebody to officiate. And then I was like, hey, are you closer to another pastor on staff? I know I'm the lead pastor, but has some pastor poured into your life that there's more meaning in this service rather than me? And so we just started delegating it out. I think it's been cool to see even congregation members who are just lay leaders, but they get credentialed because they just want to get that next step. And now they're officiating weddings for friends. And it's like, they're because they're a pastor, but they're a lay lay leader. And it's just like, we show up to weddings at church and we're like, who's doing the wedding? Like, we never know. It's always fun. Yeah. So that was part of it. And then, so I I did all the problems and then it, it created new solutions. And then I learned to get super organized. I mean, I was thinking about this. I am super organized. I color code my entire year. And so people think like, uh, does it happen? Like, am I just like, let's go do this today? No, I'm not like that. I've got it planned out. Like I already know where I'm going to be in December. And I've got, I've already booked airline tickets for things in December. And it's, it's July. And I mean, but they were booked three months ago. I mean, I'm planning the year out. I'm trying to be intentional. We're well into 2023 already. I mean, this. Oh we're yeah. Probably about a year, twelve months out. So the summer, we're planning summer and fall of 2023 right now for your schedule. So yeah. And then I'm doing things like I used to tell people in ministry do do a plus one. What does that mean? Like get people to church because they're already there, and then plus one it have your leaders meeting right after church so they add one more thing to something they're already doing rather than taking a Tuesday night to do it. Do it Sunday right after church, or do a leaders meeting before church with breakfast. You know, I was just trying to do that. So I, I'm looking at my travel. We're going to somewhere out east, and we're trying to add on a golf thing. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, hey, a bucket list. I want to play this golf course. Yeah, we have two and, generosity accelerators back to back, and then we're gonna try to tag a golf course on. And yeah, we we do that all the time. And you even growing up. After Saturday service, we'd always go out with someone, a always. couple in the church, plus and, one. And I'm Sunday, meet with a new family. We'd always go out with someone. So, I mean, I remember for us, we grew up in the booths of of Ruby Tuesday and you know different restaurants of just hanging yeah. out. And you and brought us with pizza and whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting organized and doing that, and then I'm trying to learn the cheats, you know, and I, I try to stay healthy. Uh, with the things I can control. Like today I got up and uh, did three miles real quick just before I came into church and like, let's go and get that done with mom. I'm like, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. And and trying to eat healthier 
And you said that hydration thing, uh, you know, I tried that for the first time, hydration, vitamins, IV, and uh, yeah, I, I, I feel great three days later, so we'll see. I, I still haven't, I don't have a commercial. We won't, yeah, we won't endorse it. I don't have we an have heard, We have heard from people not, that we won't name, but people that we know and friends of ours that have said, oh, we've been doing that for years, and that's, you know, super helpful. So finding different ways to be healthy um, and rather than come home like being jet lagged and then you eat bad food and you don't take care of yourself. I mean, I, I, I say this knowing that it's it's probably a controversial statement, but there's a lot of pastors who are, are very unhealthy. And I know, you know, that yes, that's... I, mean, I was you, one you of have them. A, No, I know you have a book. Your new I've book is coming out soon. And then keep the change. I mean, yeah. I was carrying a lot more weight and I was way more tired. Like you were carrying a lot more physical weight. Physical yeah. weight, like large, ginormous gut, like yeah. wore an extra large shirt because I just, my gut was so big, I had to keep it loose, you know? And um, so I, I I was just thinking about, you know, again, my mind went, you know, large, ginormous gut, I had to keep a loose shirt. And then it made me think about, how ladies that are pregnant now like have really tight clothes to show like I'm pregnant, you know, mm. and when mom was pregnant, they were really loose. And I thought, and I went to like a fat guy wearing a really tight shirt, like I'm fat, you know, anyways, that was where Chris Farley or something. Yeah. Anyways, but that weight made me so tired. Yeah. And, and now I have way more energy. Um, and I think people need to just start small, do something to get the energy and then, also, let's pivot. I want to, because there's so many things on weight and health and all that. I want to talk about something that we implemented in our church with sabbatical. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not opposed to rest. I'm not opposed to, again, bring your inheritance. The sabbatical, after seven years of being on staff at River Valley Church, our pastors, not everyone, but our pastors, um, get a sabbatical for one month. And we could do a whole teaching on that. I've had churches say, will you come in and speak to our board and help them? Because everybody works hard. The guy that's laying bricks works hard. The, the lady that is a nurse, the lady that is a psychiatrist, everybody's working hard, okay? But there are certain jobs that require you to take on the weight of others. And the weight of others causes you to live under a pressure that's different than the pressure of just doing your job, which it, it still has a pressure. Um, and so because there's that people pressure, and I'll share this, like um, we had uh, a staff member whose wife died yesterday and we're there in that grief. Mom and I were over there and we're, we're praying with them and we're in that grief. Um, when, you know, Pastor Anthony passed away. I was in that grief. You're, you're constantly in the grief. You're constantly, you know, and, and don't think about it's just that. Like um, a friend of ours, Ben, was in a motorcycle accident and lost his arm. And, and we're at the hospital doing that. And as I walk in, this young lady goes to our church. She starts weeping when she sees me. Pastor Rob, it's just, it's a sign of hope just to see you in the hospital. And there's this weight that's on you and you live in that in ministry. And so to get a sabbatical and it's what we signed up for. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a weight that's there and it does good for your life that when you get a month of like, I'm out of the weight, nobody's calling me. Nobody's, I literally get to just hundred percent focus on my family, on them. And you could speak to it. Why don't you speak? I'll interview you. Uh, okay. What did you think about the sabbatical growing up? I'm trying to think of how many I had 
when and what ages you were. But the first one I remember we went to northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one we did <laughs> theme park one, didn't we? You know, and we went to like Six Flags and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But talk to me about what do you think about having uh, your dad for a month on sabbatical? Yeah, I mean, I I felt like ministry was so a part of our life. And so I think it was actually odd. Like the only times I've ever missed church in my life has been when I'm on vacation or gone. Like I've never missed church. I actually one time I was, I was at North Central and I slept in, missed my alarm. Literally that, like I remember that day. It was and the- do you remember when we went to Disney World? We went to Disney World and we went on a Sunday. Yeah. And Connor, we prayed at breakfast. We're like at McDonald's getting ready to go to Disney World or whatever. And he goes, Jesus Forgive us today. It's the first time we've missed church. <laughs> I was like, Jesus is okay with this week. We're going to do it. It was, it, it was like, no, so that, he literally was so like, that, honestly, as a PK, that was, I think, the weirdest <laughs> thing was like that we're, we're you know, we, and we would go to some churches, like other churches, yeah, yeah. but I think that was the weirdest thing. But I, I think it, it just showed that it was valuable. I, I remember. I don't remember as much of the ones when we were young. I do remember that we we spent a lot of time together, but I think we did so many amazing things along the way that it, it just kind of mixes together. Um, but I do remember them more of recently and how it's been like you did that for, for 25 years. It was three months, I think. 20 years. 20 years, three months. Um, and so- Yeah, that, I got a three. So at our church, just so people are wondering, yeah. at seven years, pastors get a sabbatical. And then every five years after that. Yeah, so, so first 12, seven, 17. Then, yep, so 12 and then five more, five more. And then on my 20th, and I don't know how the math figured out, whatever, but on my 20th, uh, the board gave me a three-month sabbatical after 20 years and said, no preaching, no teaching, no nothing, three months, get away, recharge, uh, and it was amazing. How did we choose the timing? Because I know a lot of pastors that actually take a month off every year. And like a lot. Yeah. And that's not, you've never I done don't, that. No, no, no. Um, but maybe, maybe it's later on, but I, I think, you know, what we were in, I won't say where we were, but we were somewhere and they said, uh, well, Hey, it was one of the, um, presbyters. And he said, one of oh, our, yeah. one of our uh, people is, has asked for a seven month sabbatical. And we said, and they, wow, how long, have they, how long have they been there? And he said, nine months. I said, I don't think the person was cut out for <laughs> yeah, ministry. Maybe ministry is not for them, but how did we choose that seven and five? Um, was there a, a I don't even God's know. Number seven. I no, I don't, I don't even know. I just thought, you know, sevens, because I, I ask everybody that comes to work at River Valley, give us four years of faithful service and we'll bless you wherever you want to go after that. Because I just thought colleges do four years and I could build with enough stability on somebody for four years. And it also took the pressure off, like you're here forever, or guess what? You have to sneak out of here to get out of here. No, you're not. You don't belong to River Valley Church. If you're a pastor, you belong to Jesus and he called you into the ministry and mm-hmm. and we don't own you. You're here for whatever season it is. And I thought four seemed faithful. Like two years is too short to really yeah. put down roots. Four was faithful. And then I was like, I recognize not everybody's going to stay. So four was, and then I guess seven was like, if you stay for seven, yeah. we want to reward you. And some people after their sabbatical, make a life change and think, you know, all right, there's a new calling on my life. And others come back and go, I'm more charged up for where I'm going. I can't wait, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it was just, it was just a longevity thing. Like seven was a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then five, every five years after that for just... Yeah, the, and that was just longevity of rewarding people. And the longer people are with us, the more I want to reward them. Um, I realize that people are our greatest asset and I don't want to replace people. I really don't. And so I don't want people to leave because they're like, our wages are too low. I don't want them to leave because our benefits are too low. I don't want them to leave because they don't feel cared for. And I don't want them to leave because they don't feel like there's advancement and growth and fulfillment. And so I'm trying to answer all those things. And um, I want to say to people that have been here a long time, like we value your experience. There's there's value in that. Yeah, and you've told our, our whole team that if you don't use the vacation that you've been given... You're stealing you're, from God. You're stealing from God. Talk about that. Well, because I'm paying for a fresh you. I'm paying for you that I gave you an amount of vacation that I thought was right for your experience and which would keep you fresh and sharp based on the weight that you carry and the experience that you bring. And if you get four weeks of vacation and you use a week and a half, you actually stole from the church because I paid you for those four weeks to be fresh and to recharge. And there's something about record. Like, do you not feel better right now? Come on, after coming, yeah. other than jet lag. No, I feel coming great. Coming back from Italy, you feel great. I picked you up at the airport and you were like, I could just see the calm and the rest. And I can see you and your wife, you were just like, you and Mac were just like, there was a joy. There was like a, a shared experience and I could feel it on you. Yeah. And when you were getting ready to go on the vacation, I could also feel a stress and an angst and a, sure. like, you know, like, and I was like, man, they need this vacation, you know, yeah. get out there. Well, I'm glad we took it, but yeah, we, we feel that. And I think that for a lot of people, that freedom that you give them to say, no, we want you. And vacation is very celebrated around here. We try and protect it. You know, there's emergencies that happen, you know, in, in ministry, people die and, you know, there's um, emergencies. But I would say as a team, we've really started to respect that time and vacation for people. And I think as a pastor, maybe you're a, a, the only staff member at your church and you feel like you can't get away. I actually think that your congregation, your deacons, if, if it's you know, bringing in somebody else from from another church to help someone from our team. Yep. We want to resource I want to say people. something on that right yeah. there. Because we have, talk about the ups real quick. Just, yeah. have we done a pod? Yeah, we we did one, but we did a teaching, but staff Just development. Real quick on first up is people in their first year of ministry. Yep. We do a, a once a month. Then next up is emerging leaders. They do a class usually once a month, but they, they meet up together. Lead up is for uh, department heads and higher. Um, to just be coached and trained. We bring in, you know, high level leaders to help coach and train them. And then coach up is for people who maybe need, have an area of deficiency or a, a growth area that they need to, you know, improve on. And yep. there's, so there's a, it's kind of a modern take on a performance improvement, but I so think it's- So I would say this, yeah. like if you're a pastor and you're in our network and you are looking for a week off, um, we want to send somebody from our lead up to you. Uh, Logan, yeah. Logan will come and preach at your church. No, really. No, I, yeah. Connor will come preach. Logan will come preach. We'll yeah. send people to you um, because I want them to develop and I'm not threatened by them going out. And guess what? They're a long way from your house uh, or your church and you can have them come there. I mean, seriously, yeah. that's a for real offer. It's not just like yeah. kind of, sort of right there. And you could have them come and if they do a great job, you say, that's the network we're part of. And if they do a bad job, you can say, aren't you glad they're not your pastor? So there you go. <laughs> it works either yeah. way. Yeah. Well, no, it's, I, I'm, I would love to do that. And really that's our heart and our goal. And Connor and I have talked about that. And I know many others on our team, we, we would love to be a resource. And I think people wonder um, if that's, 
you know, if we're too busy for that, I always say that we're, we're not too busy for you. You know, maybe a lot of people ask you to speak and, um, the calendar, as we talked about is, yeah, I'm not coming to give you a week off, but they will, Yeah, they will. But (laughs) Hey, I always say this too. Like, uh, I know we've talked for a while on this, but find the rhythm too of your area, find the rhythm. And, and right now, like 4th of July, we just, we're past it. And I was, I realized like, that's now a time when almost everybody's taking it off. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, find the rhythm, let everybody have the downtime. And now we're into seek week. And then it's like, there's a rhythm, there's a back and forth, find the rhythms and, um, yeah, and don't you think celebrate though, them. Don't you think though, too, that ministry with celebration, you can carry that much further. So I look at Seek Week, for example, and maybe we'll talk about this again in the future, but we're in the middle of it at this recording. By the time this comes out, maybe it's going to come out in a week or two from now. But um, we're doing something every night, Sunday, Monday night, Tuesday night. Yeah, we're going to get smarter for next year because I know that some people schedule like early morning meetings during Seek Week and they're like, oh. No, but talk, I mean, for the congregation, I mean, we've had people, I mean, last night alone, I think we had 50 people get baptized at at Apple Valley at Shakopee. And probably another 30 people at Shakopee because we've been doing it at two locations. No, it was just a, a desire to have an intense uh, intentional week of seeking God and, and, and going after God. And night one was on the power of the Holy Spirit and be baptized in the Spirit. Week, or night two was uh, we believe in healing. We prayed for the sick. The aisles were jammed. We prayed for like 45 minutes with dozens of prayer teams were people. We saw a bit, like I saw a guy, I talked to a guy last night. He, he had his shoulder miraculously healed. And he said, I need my shoulder for my work and I wanna buy the business that I'm in. And with this bad shoulder, I couldn't do it. And he goes, God miraculously healed me. Somebody shared, and this is crazy. Somebody texted in and said, there's somebody there tonight that has a shoulder that God wants to heal. Somebody texted in and texted it. And then Dave Olson, one of the pastors got up and said, somebody here, God wants to heal your shoulder. You need your shoulder. And God said, he wants to heal your shoulder. This guy got his shoulder healed and talked to me the next night and said, that was me. That was me. Another one, uh, somebody said, there's somebody here with a liver issue. It's a lady between 40 and 60 years old and you have a liver issue. And there was somebody that drove an hour to be in our service that has a failing liver. Wow. Called up. I mean, so God was doing amazing, miraculous things, and we just keep hearing all the praise reports. Yeah, last night I was talking to someone who he said, um, I got convicted at the healing service that I needed. He said, I was, you know, doing drugs, and I w- went home and I took all my drug paraphernalia and I threw it in the dumpster. And he said, I'm free. I'm, free. you know, I'm done with it. And it's just crazy, like, to see those stories oh, yeah. um, that we're hearing from that. And so, that, and then last night was the youth takeover, like the youth group did it, and the, it was generational night. And then mm-hmm. tonight uh, is evangelism. Uh, evangelism, like let's get our hearts and back. And then we're serving, it. we're ending it with serving yeah. in our community. Uh, serve day, Saturday, Friday night, we're doing our street team. Yep, serve day, Saturday is like 1,500, 1,600 people. And then Friday night is street teams. It was limited to 200. Yeah. And they're going to the people that are our neighbors that we drive past under the overpasses in the tent cities and in the in places that are needing hope. And so it's it's a great week. I, I'm loving it and mm-hmm. I already pencil in for next year. Yeah. And I think that the maybe the the tension of will people show up? Will people do? Oh, first you know, night I was worried. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's a summer night and it's Minnesota and it's perfect. And it, it'd be a perfect night for a barbecue. And the place was packed. Yeah, yeah. Thrilled me. Yeah, so that's amazing. Well, we talked about a lot. I mean, we've we've gone through all different things. We'll we'll come back as we always do, you know, next month and talk about this. But it, it, closing thoughts on just rhythms, life, rest. I mean, there's again, there's a 
so many different things that you could talk about, um, and maybe we can touch more on it. Yeah, next the time only thing I would to, say, but... I want to affirm everybody right now: run at your created speed. Yeah, and I taught this on Family Heavy, Family Light, and um, a tractor is not less of a valuable thing because it only goes ten miles an hour. It was created to go 10 miles an hour and till the dirt. That's exactly what it was created for. It's running at its created speed. It doesn't need to feel guilty that it's a tractor. A Ferrari was made to go over 100 miles an hour. You see what I'm saying? It runs at its created speed. And so run at your created speed and don't feel guilty. Like a, a, a tugboat is incredibly valuable, but it doesn't go as fast as a speedboat. So run at your created speed and don't feel guilty about that. And, and when you do that, you're going to feel joy. And uh, so my biggest thing, don't be condemned. Don't say, man, I wish I was like Rob. I'm going to try to sleep six hours. I don't know. You know do, don't do that. Say, what was my created speed and run at your created speed. You will feel fulfilled, happy, and, and, and do what God wants you to do when you run at your created speed. That's great. I love it. I think it's a great place to end on and I'm excited for people to run at their speed and uh, we're going to continue to run fast and, and see people's lives change and we know that everyone listening is doing the same. So God bless the tractors and the Ferraris in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>